Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Chit Chat. I'm Jeremy Roberts with Rebecca Rison and our special guest today, Ms. Melissa Dennis from the J.D. Williams Library. As Head of Research and Instruction Services, Melissa Dennis supports teaching and learning at all levels through a broad team of librarians and staff in the Department of Research and Instruction. She is subject liaison responsibilities to the Departments of Applied Gerontology, Nutrition and Hospitality Management, and Criminal Justice and Legal Studies here within the School of Applied Sciences. Melissa also coordinates our Ask a Librarian chat services and lead librarian instruction initiatives across all of our UM campuses and online. Her research involves student learning and user expectations in libraries, academic library outreach, and instructional design and library services, some of which we'll talk about today. Welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Jeremy. Thank you all for having me today. I'm doing pretty well. Good. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Melissa. And let's just start off by hearing more about you. How did you get started in academics? Well, I've always been in academics. The funny thing about uh, my career tra trajectory is that I have only ever worked in a library. So when I was a student at the university, um, I worked in the library and I was an English major. And I knew immediately upon graduating that I did not want to go into a master's program and continue down the road of other English scholars uh, to, to get a PhD and to be a teacher. I was deathly afraid of being a teacher. So I turned on to library science since that was my job uh, during school and did the online program through USM and immediately started teaching library science. <laughs> so I became a teacher anyway. Uh, I worked at Bellhaven in Jackson, Mississippi uh, as a professional, as a staff member in the library. And then upon completing my master's in library science, that's our terminal degree. Uh, so then I was able to get hired at Delta State to be a, a professor and get really into um, what it felt like to be a professor at a university with, with uh, tenure requirements and promotion and research and service. Um, that was something I wasn't sure would be available to me. And again, since I had avoided that path with English, uh, I was a little scared of it, but it, it, had, it turned into the joy of my life. Mm -hmm. And so when the exact same job opened at Ole Miss, I took that and transferred here about 12 years ago. Um, and I've been very happy and I am tenured now an associate professor and so I'm, I feel like I have to explain that to students a lot they don't know I'm not a doctor and I'm what do I teach I work in the library all of that's really confusing uh, to anyone outside of library science so I try to alleviate any weirdness there you just call me Melissa Dennis this is what I do it's fine <laughs> I work in the library my title is this long you don't have to say that because <laughs> a lot of academics y'all know y'all work here too uh, and I met y'all early on in my career here um, it's it's working in academics is a life that you have to want to do you choose this life um, and it's a life that I've never wanted to leave so with the library and with your time in the library, we've seen a lot of changes. 
Could you talk about some of the services that our library offers that may be different from, especially when a student comes from high school, our library is a little bit bigger than that. And we offer different services like with your area specifically, subject liaisons. Could you talk about how those work in the realm of specifically with what you do with nutrition, hospitality, legal studies, those kind of things? Sure. Um, some librarians have degrees in other areas and they're specifically hired to work with those areas, unlike business or education sometimes. Um, but it's generally not a requirement. And since I am older <laughs> and sort of grandfathered into the old way, um, which was when you get there, you figure out what needs to be done and you do what you can to make that happen. So I picked up most of the applied sciences 12 years ago, um, not having a background in any of those subject areas personally. Um, so I did feel like I needed to throw myself into uh, what the faculty were doing to really get a good, a good relationship with those faculty to understand what the needs are there. Um, the needs for every faculty member is always unique and every institution is unique. Um, so I didn't really feel like that was a disadvantage. Um, I was going to have to ask these questions anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've grown with the, the NHM faculty throughout the entire 12 years um, through different turnovers with new hires and people leaving. Um, we shift liaison areas sometimes to, to help offset the workload balance. So um, the HESROM group, the Health and Exercise Science and Community Disorders, our science librarian now uh, works primarily with them and he has an office even uh, near their offices uh, that he can be on site to help them with remote issues. And I have picked up criminal justice and legal studies in the last year, which have really been fascinating areas. Dr. Royce Kurtz continues to do social work because he's had had that area for the longest and is the best person to help do that. So we all have a specific area that we work directly with. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell students, when you got here, you got a librarian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not as exciting as Oprah giving out a car, but I want them to know you have a librarian, you have someone in your department that you can ask for all of the assignments for your teachers, um, anything that's happening inside that department, there's a librarian that you can talk to that can help you figure things out. Um, so that, is, that has been the role of the liaison to really make those connections with each and every department um, because we have so many different types of departments on this campus and their needs are very different. Mm -hmm. So I, I found that very um, enjoyable. The School of Applied Sciences is fascinating. It has changed dramatically in 12 years, even longer than that, but that's how long I've had it um, to work with those students and those faculty. Um, seen a lot of changes every single semester in the last 12 years. Something in the library has changed. When I was hired, I did marketing and outreach explicitly. So every single semester, I had to change and update information about the building, change signs, something happened on the website. And when I would tell this to people, they were a little surprised because in their minds, the library is this stagnant thing that holds books mm -hmm. and it's for older information and it doesn't change. And we were changing constantly. 
and the entire building has transformed to a super collaborative space, mm -hmm. which has been really, really amazing. And it supports what our students need and how they learn, which is one of the challenges we'll be facing this fall, because now we have to social distance that space uh, of how it has transformed. But the online services have never stopped. So the Ask a Librarian chat that we monitor has been really useful, I think, during this transition time. And we've seen a lot of, of comments. We've had a lot of interactions that way. Well, and speaking of changes, the library's you know, always finding new ways to help bring in students and faculty and staff together uh, in terms of research. And so could you kind of speak about some of the changes you've seen or been part of over the last few years? And of course, I know COVID can kind of impact things as well. Right. So some of the um, changes that, that I was just thinking about when I was saying everything changes in the library, um, we, we have had a more emphasis on technology, mm -hmm. um, which seemed a little surprising, I think, to some people on campus. Um, it wasn't surprising to us at all because, again, we, we base so much on user feedback. We're constantly asking people what they think and how they use our space and how they interact with us. And we actually use that information. Um, y'all know because y'all have been involved in our focus groups <laughs> from many years ago and different surveys that we have sent out um, and to, to the students that you support. So we added a lot of technology over the last few years. Um, we had a grant to purchase Makey Makey kits and uh, a printer. Um, let's see, Raspberry Pis, a lot of these little technological uh, useful tools. We purchased iPad minis that people could check out and use. Um, trying to promote eBooks way back then, uh, which we have over 800,000 of now. <laughs> uh, not a shortage of eBooks, um, but we built Studio One video space for people to record videos. Students, faculty, anyone can use it. It has been used a lot in the last few years. That was a GoFundMe effort um, that was really successful. And we added an idea lab, um, which is our most recent addition, which is the maker space, which um, my children, uh, you can see them behind me, I have an 11-year-old and 15-year-old, they both use maker spaces at their schools. So they're very familiar with the idea of being hands-on uh, hands-on learning, virtual reality, poster printing, Legos, the Makey kits, um, mm -hmm. that type of, the idea of going to the library to sit in a space where you can be creative and collaborative and learn something new outside the classroom. Those have been really successful for us. The surprising thing has been how successful our sewing has been. People love to sew. They're not sure how to sew. They want to have lessons. They want to use our sewing machines. Not everybody has a sewing machine at home. But they can it kind of goes back to the original mission of libraries. We're just here to help people find what they need. And it doesn't matter to us what format that looks like. We just want to find that information for you. We just want to give you access to new and useful tools that you can use and get inspired and then take that back to your discipline. Right. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of different services that are involved with our library. But one thing that y'all also help with is the Common Read. So there's a lot of events every year that go along with the Common Read, but the library seems to be a driving force behind several events. So how do y'all 
come up with different things to do. I know when you walk in the library, you usually change out one of the sides that have information about it. So where do you find stuff? How do you come up with different things that go with this book that the entire university is focused on for a year? The common reading experience um, has, it started in 2011 and I was very fortunate um, back then um, to team up with Dewey Knight, mm -hmm. Leslie Banahan, Kirk Johnson, Bob Cummins had just joined the university and Noel Wilkin. Uh, so a great, wonderful team of, of leaders on campus. And this one got to sit at that table and be a part of those conversations. Yeah. And to drive this forward for the university, it, that will always be really special to me. So pushing it in the library was really easy. Um, it's about reading a book all year. <laughs> we were really excited about that as a campus community to come together and, and have this one thing in common um, when we're all pulled in different directions in our majors. So figuring out a way to help be that middleman, mm -hmm. be, that, be that connection that looks for cross collaborations on campus and puts those two voices together. Mm -hmm. We have space in the partner room, come over and have your talk here. Um, we'll put up a display, we'll have a website that we dedicate every year um, to the Common Read for people to get ideas for other reading, other articles, for other research, uh, to support people who are using it in the classrooms. Um, since I was in the steering committee, I got to actually see more of the event planning, um, which was really exciting. So trying to find movies um, that could help explore the book. One year we, we rented out Malco for the night uh, to do a big movie screening. We, uh, for the Just Mercy book with Brian Stevenson, um, we had a packed Overview Center auditorium to Skype with prisoners at the Holly, Spring, Holly Springs prison um, where our faculty were doing outreach. It was an amazing talk that night. Uh, and with um, Sherman Alexie's book, 10 Little Indians, we reached out and hosted the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians to come and do demonstrations for stickball and native dances in, in the Union and in the Grove. And it drew huge crowds of students um, who would maybe never interact um, with other people that way or talk about the book with people in that way. Um, so always trying to find new events that will help cross disciplines and let people think a little outside of their box and outside of what they're learning. Um, it's, it's really fun. It's challenging sometimes, especially now with social distancing, but this year's book is What the Eyes Don't See by Mona Hanna-Attisha and it is really well-timed. Mm -hmm. Environmental issues happening in our own area. Um, Mississippi water research is something that the University of Mississippi has done a lot of work in. So this will be another good year um, for a lot of good events. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. And I can imagine, you know, with so many different things going on, there's so many great things that you have that you offer at the library. Um, how do you kind of maintain a social presence, like a social media presence, just in terms of advertising or marketing your services? And have you seen things kind of evolve over time in terms of your, your social media presence? When, when I started way back when, 
uh, I think we started our Facebook and Twitter in 2010, uh, maybe, and it was a little late even then. Other people had, had been using it in, 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 in libraries, in academic libraries. Um, but it was really fun as a way to use hashtags, memes, images, to just reach out to people in a different way. And we got a lot of connections. Um, my, one of my favorite experiences with our Facebook page was um, someone was asking me questions. They thought it was um, like a chat box, I guess, or they were using it as a way to, enter, enter, um, to engage in live time. Mm -hmm. And they were asking the question of, about research and they needed help. So I immediately started talking to this person uh, through email. And when I saw their email address, I realized this was a, a high school student in Colorado. Oh, wow. Somehow I got onto the University of Mississippi's library Facebook page and really needed help with his homework assignments. <laughs> it was a really interesting conversation. Um, <laughs> several back and forth exchanges. Uh, but we have also been reached out um, by alumni. We have a lot of alumni on Facebook. Our special collections and archives, we found Facebook to be a really great way just to to showcase what was happening. And we could use Facebook as a little archive of events and, and different things that were going on. Um, Twitter, I think, is a little bit more fun to play in um, because you have to really be creative. You have a very small space. And we also got Instagram because images are really important to us. Um, so when I was running social media uh, for several years, we would see this uptick in October when all of the EDHE students would come to the library and find a book and we would highly encourage, um, thank you, Jeremy, <laughs> uh, instructors to ask their students when they are finding a book in the library to take their selfie uh, in the shelves, uh, in the stacks, and we call that a shelfie. Yeah. Uh, so shelfie, students in our library with books that they had picked out themselves, uh, really neat pictures. Uh, sometimes they're in groups, it was, it was really fun. Uh, a fun time. So we would see a lot of that uptick in late September and early October when they were in the building, probably for the first time ever, because we right. know that the class was an introduction to the library as this fun place where you can explore and learn, um, which was really important to me to, to make that a social media effort. But now we really use it a lot um, for marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, Christina Streeter, who manages our Idea Lab and Studio One, now also manages our, our social media. Okay. And she's done a really great job with, um, like today she had a tweet on eGrove, which mm -hmm. is our institutional repository. And you can look to see what the top 10 downloads are each day. And these are global researchers. The work at the University of Mississippi is available to any scholar in the world, anyone, and it is really fascinating sometimes to see what other people are looking at, because you can see which country they're from. Uh, what are they looking at? What, what are we producing? Um, our students, our, our faculty, our staff, all of the common read is, is housed in Heathrow. Last year's fall convocation video is there, the full entire thing, dissertations, theses. Um, special events and reports that happen in each department or in each school can all be shared there in this digital resource free for anyone in the world 
And so her plug today was just a reminder and it had a map of the top 10 downloads uh, to see who's, who's looking at what. Um, so it's interesting plugs like that to just remind people of these resources that we have that are available to you that you may not think about. Yeah, I had quite a many students do a shelfie. Um, did a lot of extra credit for that. As we were finishing up our library assignments, I would say, you know, go out in the stacks, take your picture. Take my picture? What do you mean, take my picture? Yes, you <laughs> we had to explain what that was and um, also encourage them, you know, make sure that you follow the library on these different platforms. So seeing that grow over the past several years has been great. Um, especially whenever, like I would sit down and go back and look for all the ones who did the shelfie and I was like, oh, see, it was fun. You can do this. Everybody has fun doing this. And a lot of the students were afterwards, whenever, you know, I'd ask them at the end of the semester, what are some things you remember? I remember taking my picture in the library and I'm like, yes. Those are the kind of things we want you to remember about your experience here at the university. So it's all the good stuff. And yes, the shelfies are um, one way to definitely get them engaged in finding stuff for their own research, but also breaking down that wall of, there's so much you can do here in the library. So right. Right. And you were right, Rebecca. A lot of students have never been in a library our size. Yep. They've never used the Library of Congress. They've only seen Dewey Decimal. They mm -hmm. don't even know that's what that's called. And that's okay. Um, we're there to just help, help them see we got a lot of stuff. It's yep. going to take you a minute to find it. But we're here and there's a way to do it. And this is the way we do it. Yeah. Um, so, so that they can just figure that out on their own, too. I think that that's why the shelfie works because they have to go out and do it. We're not going to pull the books for them. Right. And they really get to experience it uh, firsthand. When we were doing for several years during finals week uh, for the spring and the fall, the library is of course open 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And that is a very stressful time for students. So we realized during those times, they don't need the library to constantly remind them about what we have. They just needed some reminder that it's okay. Yeah. So our social media during those times only promoted the Pet-A-Pup event. Mm -hmm. We would have um, dogs come in through a community group that were being trained. Uh, so the, the dog trainers were getting their certifications. The dogs themselves were perfectly polite. <laughs> so no liability for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really good environment and the students had an animal that they could just stop and pet for a minute and those were tremendously successful hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students lining up and just constantly in and out the dogs would get stressed out we had to change we had to make sure we had many dogs that yeah. could come on schedule and rotate out because they were being pet so much and occasionally the people who who worked in those groups to bring the dogs would bring other animals like a, a basket full of bunny rabbits in the spring. That's just oh, instant library promotion for me. I just snap a picture of those baby bunnies and say, hey, get to the library. 
Uh, it's Saturday. It's Sunday afternoon. What are you doing right now? We got baby bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. You can already see their faces without even being there. They would cry. They would hold these little baby rabbits and, and just have that moment that they needed to just not think about how stressed out they were and then go back to studying. So those were really fun events we did in the library as well. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. It's very cool. So what would you say is your favorite thing about working at JD Williams? So my favorite thing about my job right now where I am is my colleagues. Mm -hmm. They are so talented and fun and they really inspire me yeah. and I miss them since we're not together. We meet in Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really miss, miss being, being there with them. And I also miss the students being that surprise on their face when they find out we have, we have that, we have this thing that you needed that you came in here stressed out about and didn't think anyone could find for you. Here it is, I can give you this thing to make your life better right, right now in this moment. And that surprise that you get from students a lot, um, it just makes you feel good about everything. Uh, but my colleagues too are just amazing. We don't have a bad librarian. So whether or not I'm the librarian that you're talking to, whichever person it is, uh, they're all amazing. So we, we push that to the students. Just come and talk to us. No question that you ask is stupid and you cannot ask me something that I have not been asked before. <laughs> I have been asked a lot of things. Uh, so I try to break that down a little bit. We're just people too, and we really, really want to help y'all. So I do miss being in that environment more, but I'm really glad that we've been able to stay connected through Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else you think would be helpful for us to know? Maybe like, what is the day in the life of Melissa Dennis? Like, can you kind of guide us what a typical, of course, I know this is different now that we're in COVID, but like, what is a typical day uh, like, you know, in your position? Every day is different. We are connected to our phones like everybody else in the world. Um, but my, my everyday schedule on, on my phone is different. I can, I can um, work with students individually or faculty or staff or my colleagues. We may have Zoom meetings. Uh, if we were in the building face-to-face, -face, a lot of depends on what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. That completely affects the attitude of the day. Um, with, with, with the movements going on, the protests, the pandemic, if we were in the building right now, we would try to block off a lot of time to just come together to figure out how can we absorb this? Mm -hmm. And then how can we also help other people you know, react to this that's happening? So it, it changes, it changes so much. Uh, I have an, a, a You Can Book Me calendar that I share with uh, anyone who wants to reserve time with me and I pull it up and show them in, the, in my classes and I say, look, every single day is different. I don't have office hours. So I can be anywhere on campus or in my office. I'm not just sitting and reading in the library. Um, my classroom is your classroom. Mm -hmm. so I'm just everywhere and it sounds really crazy and, 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 and not organized, but that's exactly how I love it. I don't like the monotony of knowing that I would be just sitting behind a desk for eight hours or five hours. 
um, just working on spreadsheets or just creating documents. Um, I did not choose the technical side of librarianship. I chose the public side because this, this type of, of spontaneity and reacting and helping people is really what I thrive on. So I don't really have a typical day, but it does always start with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> always. Any day that ends in Y is great for coffee. That's my model. <laughs> right. So what are the different types of library? You just talked about it. Um, you've got your technical librarians, you've got your in front of the people librarians. What are the different types of librarians? Just so if anybody is interested watching this that wants to learn more about, I never knew this existed. How can I be a part of that? What are some different things that y'all kind of specialize in? So if you get a degree in library science, you do have to have a, an American Library Association accredited master's degree mm -hmm. to have this job. Um, and I have actually, believe it or not, through a couple of different tours and classes, talked to students who want to be a librarian. One, in fact, I hired as a graduate student who worked with our athletics department, and now she works in a library in Chattanooga. Um, so it's always really gratifying to see people that are interested in the profession. Um, our recent graduate assistant that worked with us to help teach EDHE classes, Rachel, who just got married, um, her, her master's degree is in um, Finnish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was so interested in what we were doing in our jobs that we haven't quite convinced her to start taking her master's in library science classes online yet, but uh, that might still happen for us. Uh, but yeah, it's when you go into library science, mm -hmm. uh, you can decide which track you want to take. And that will, it sounds weird, but that will completely shape how your, your studies go, your mm -hmm. curriculum goes, depending on what your outcome wants to be. So you do need to know a little bit at the beginning, mm -hmm. but of course you can change your mind anytime. So public librarians, um, they have the biggest heart. They are, they are the ones that I feel like are in the trenches. They're dealing with a huge amount of patrons, um, every, every scope, right? The toddlers to the elderly, um, they have a huge population. Right. And they're sort of like our social workers of, of librarianship. They're, um, they're very dedicated. They are absolutely not paid enough uh, but their jobs are, are so meaningful and vital, and it's a really good way to be super interconnected in the community. Um, so people that choose that life, um, th they're always a certain type, <laughs> but that, that's why they choose that, right? The school librarians, I would say, are exactly like school teachers. People who choose education as their major and then go to the school track, that's the same as librarians. If you, if you choose to be a school librarian, your life is gonna look a lot like a school teacher. The same amount of challenges, but also the same amount of, of excitement and what, what helps drive them. Uh, for me, the academics was the easy choice because I really enjoy working with college students. Um, I enjoyed my time as a college student mm -hmm. and I feel like I have the most to offer in an on, on ongoing environment where learning is constantly um, encouraged. Right. Lifelong learning is something that we all agree on and our philosophies, our mission are very 
impact. Um, so that's something I thrive on. I also really enjoy how we're constantly refreshing ourselves in academia. Um, I think that I'm not getting older, the students are getting younger. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean, because every year you get years, and we've seen the phases of um, millennials, now the Gen Z group, uh, and I think that that is fascinating. I love research and service at the academic level. But then we have our specials. Special librarianship is a very unique field where people want to only focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. We have medical librarians at UMC campus who are doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. um, the, the librarians we have at our campus here in Oxford that work in the law school, um, they most of the time have a Juris Doctor degree as well. Um, but they work in the law school because they want to just be dedicated to one type of person. So I, I think on a spectrum, you have public libraries, everybody, <laughs> all the way on the spectrum to the special libraries, um, who are probably paid the most as well uh, and have the most focus of, of one particular type of person, archives, right? Mm -hmm. uh, museums, they're looking at one very specific uh, skill. So that's that's our sort of broad range but it's all about helping so even if you're in any of those libraries you can still have a job that puts you behind the scenes or right in the front uh, and sometimes you wear both hats mm -hmm. oh well we have a special little lightning round of questions we'd like to ask you that would kind of ask each guest just to get to know you a little bit more about your college experience. So our first question for the lightning round is, what was your freshman year like? So I graduated from a very small school in Mississippi and it was close to Jones County Junior College, mm -hmm. which we called the 13th grade. Yeah. <laughs> so, because almost everyone from my school just went over to Jones. Uh, I was in the band in high school. so. I had a band scholarship to Jones. It just seemed like this is what you do. This is what everybody does. Uh, but it was actually really, really amazing because the band was invited to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Wow. And we were, we were just treated uh, exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. Went to Broadway shows, saw the Rockettes, Empire State Building, Macy's everything you know <laughs> it was an exhausting really fun trip and our football team happened to be really good that year so there was a big bowl game in Jekyll Island Georgia with a big parade um, for an 18 year old in a small town it was a very fun experience that I was not expecting um, so yeah junior college was a really good stepping stone for me to do before attending Ole Miss yeah yeah so if somebody needs assistance in the library, our last question, tell them what they need to do. They can use the library website, mm -hmm. libraries.olmans.edu, and we have an Ask a Librarian chat feature that um, is available Monday through Thursday, nine to five, Monday through Friday, Friday, nine to one, and a librarian can help you immediately. Or you can email us. We're happy to constantly check our emails again we're tied to these things just like y'all are, and, and we are happy to help you any way that we can. So please do come to the library, even if it's virtually. Okay, well, good deal. So you heard it here. If you need help, we have people to help you. You have a specific librarian for your subject. 
All that information will be linked in the bottom of our description. So we'll make sure that we have Melissa's contact info and then also the subject librarians tag for everything as well. So for Rebecca Rison, I'm Jeremy Roberts. Thank you all so much for watching this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.